food bloggers. Hi, how are you today? Thank you so much for tuning in to the Eat Blog Talk podcast. This is the place for food bloggers to get information and inspiration to accelerate your blog's growth and ultimately help you to achieve your freedom, whether that's financial, personal, or professional. I'm Megan Porta, and I've been a food blogger for over 12 years. I understand how isolating food blogging can be at times. I'm on a mission to motivate, inspire, and most importantly, let each and every food blogger, including you, know that you are heard and supported. If you ever have problems staying motivated, which I think all of us can say at certain times or maybe even most times we struggle with, this episode will be a great one for you to listen to. Natasha Levy from Natasha's Home, she's a blogger over there. She joins me in this episode to talk about staying motivated as you wait for your business to grow. She talks through some really great tips in this episode, so making a solid plan, diving into some new platforms that will inspire you, accepting the fact that you make mistakes, and most importantly, digging into community and getting connected in that way. I hope you enjoy it. This is episode number 405, sponsored by Rank IQ. Hey, awesome food bloggers. Before we dig into this episode, I have a really quick favor to ask you. Go to your favorite podcast player, go to eBlog Talk, scroll down to the bottom where you see the ratings and review section. Leave eBlog Talk a five-star rating if you love this podcast and leave a great review. This will only benefit this podcast. It adds value. And I so very much appreciate your efforts with this. Thank you so much for doing this. Okay, now on to the episode. Natasha is a half-Russian, half-Ukrainian living in eastern Hungary with her family. Natasha's home is a food blog focusing on gluten-free cooking and baking, gluten-free sourdough, and international recipes. Natasha is upfront about being a beginner with her blog live for a little over a year. She is in the process of learning and growing toward making this business into a full-time job. Other than that, you will find Natasha enjoying being a new mom with a degree in Christian counseling. Her first job was at McDonald's and more importantly, doing important work at orphanages around the world for most of her adult life. Hello, Natasha. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. How are you doing today? Hi, Megan. So nice to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm doing great. Thank you. Awesome. Ready for a fun chat. Before we dig into it, though, do you have a fun fact to share with us? Yes. Until I was 22 years old, I didn't know that it is dangerous to eat raw meat. And I actually, when I would cook chicken. I actually ate raw chicken. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and I never got sick. <laughs> you yeah. didn't get sick from that? Nope, never. One time my friend saw me do this and she was disturbed. <laughs> she told me that it's really not something you want to do. So I, uh, after that, I, I stopped doing it because I realized, okay, that can actually make me really, really sick. And I mean, she made it seem like I can die from it. So I got really scared. <laughs> oh my God. How often did you do that? I don't know. Probably every time I cook chicken. Oh my gosh, that's, well, amazing. Your immune system must be like crazy awesome or something. But yeah, you can get so, I know people who have gotten salmonella who get so ill that they're like, I never want to experience that again. It sounds just awful. Mm -hmm. So, so glad you're good, but very interesting (laughs) to learn that about you. Well, I am super excited for this chat today because... It is hard or it can be very hard to keep that motivation going as we wait for our food blogs to grow and our businesses to grow because this is such a long game, right? Mm -hmm. So to start the conversation, I would just like to know 
a little bit more about your blog? Like how did you get started and where is it at today? Mm -hmm. So I started my blog in the end of 2021 and I always wanted to start some sort of a blog, but for many years, I didn't know what would be the topic of it. I was traveling a lot for maybe four or five years. I was pretty much on the road and I didn't really know what can I share with people? What can I blog about? Because I didn't have a base to stop in a sense. And when I, at the end of 2021, I was pregnant and I was very sick many times that I was in bed, couldn't do anything. And that kind of forced me to look online for different things, just out of boredom, I guess. And I came across videos of Farmhouse on Boon. It's a fairly popular food blog, especially in sourdough. And I was really inspired by her, but I didn't think of starting my own blog. But she had a masterclass for starting a blog. And I, after watching it, it seemed that, oh, it's so easy to start a blog. It's so fun. And I always wanted to have something, some creative outlet. And it seems that you can even make an income with it. It sounds fun. And she made it seem really easy. And so I decided to give it a try. And at first, I was impressed by every shiny keyword and I would go after every popular recipe. So it was uh, everything on the blog. There wasn't any specific niche, so to say. And I uh, read a lot of different blogs, Facebook groups. They were all saying you have to have a niche. You have to find a focus that you would like to share in the promos that I didn't really know what I wanted to share with people because everything seemed exciting. Everything seemed interesting. And I didn't know what passion I have. My husband has celiac, so I have to make gluten-free foods for him, but I didn't want to limit myself to gluten-free at first. And eventually, after a year probably, I calmed down (laughs) and I decided (laughs) that probably gluten-free is the way to go. All that first, that was probably the least attractive niche for me. And especially gluten-free sourdough, which I am focusing on right now, working on gluten-free sourdough, developing recipes for that. Yeah, at first, my most popular post was gluten-free sourdough bread on Pinterest and just generally. And I was pretty much, I was pretty discouraged by it because I really didn't like gluten-free sourdough. It wasn't (laughs) something that turned out for me very well often. I could do it, but it wasn't great. But now I got really into it that I really love it. And so not now it is something I'm doing currently. Yeah. So you kind of fell into a niche a little bit. Yes. Yes, I did. Yeah. And it, it is much better to have one because then you can find audience, real people that you can talk to and give advice on Facebook groups and kind of, I don't know, have, yeah, you can have more contacts, I think, with people if you have a certain area that you are more experienced in. Right. Okay. So your journey is pretty short. You started not too long ago. Mm -hmm. And do you feel like you have found quick success or has it been more of a frustrating journey or how do you feel like it's gone for you? It was both. I think because I was trying to target all the the keywords in the world possible, many of them were a miss and many of them didn't rank ever for like at all. But there were a few that did uh, surprisingly to me and still do for I don't know what reason. But it was exciting to see those little stars, so to say, that did breakthrough. And I think that's what kept me motivated to continue. And now that I am more focused I think that it is more it is growing more now that I I have more people visiting following subscribing because I can show that I am 
how do you say like I'm experienced in something so I can yeah. uh, share experience yeah yeah so it is growing I, I wouldn't say that it's super successful yet but I am on the way there <laughs> awesome yeah so would you say that your motivation, because you mentioned like at first the gluten-free sourdough wasn't really a passion for you, but it kind of turned into one. So would you say your motivation came more from just seeing results from that than passion? Probably. I think so. Yeah. So that is a good message for everyone. If you are not particularly passionate about what you're creating on your blog, you can find motivation from the results that you're getting. I'm currently writing posts that I'm not especially passionate about. It's, mm -hmm. In fact, they're often boring, mm -hmm. I think. But the results that have come from it have been amazing. And that mm -hmm. is motivating for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if somebody's listening and maybe they're not like really deep in a niche, where would you recommend they start? I would recommend that you start trying what you like at first because blogging is a marathon and it's not a sprint so you in order to continue you know for many years to come and actually see success you need to stay motivated and in order to stay motivated you need to do something that you like so at first you might do things that you enjoy but they're not necessarily so niche but then eventually you will find something that is more attractive to you and other people react to and there are many podcasts that I listened to on your podcast or other ones where people were sharing similar stories that they started very broad and then they narrowed down when they found something they like. It's important to do something you like because if you don't like it, then you won't stay motivated because it's a fairly hard job. The good thing about food blogging is that there are so many ways to find passion. So if you don't like one aspect of it, you can turn to another platform or another mm -hmm. like video, for example. Like if you're not passionate about photography, you can, I mean, there are so many different avenues to dive into that you can find passion for. So I think that is mm -hmm. why a lot of people find success in this area because there's like so many options, right? Yeah. When you are thinking about content that you're making or scheduling out ahead of time that can get like really mundane. Uh -huh. So how do you stay motivated when you're kind of thinking about the scope of your content that's coming up? Well, how I do it is I try to look for posts that fit into my niche and that will that potentially can do well online that for example there's not that many recipes somebody posted on that topic yet. And so I make a list. At first I I want to find those recipes that I have some hope for and then if I have hope if I have hope that they will do well then it keeps me motivated because I have a hope that you know it will grow my website it will grow my audience and traffic so things that have potential so doing a good keyword research mm -hmm. and finding things that you think will produce traffic for you yeah yeah and then how do you plan and schedule your content do you have a system uh, I'm one of those people that hates uh, systems, but <laughs> I do I do need one. And I normally I just have a Word document and I do keyword research for some period of time. And then I make a list of those keywords. I look at them, see what is potentially a good one. And then I just have a Word file and then I decide week by week on a weekly basis what I'm going to work on for, let's say, two recipes every week and every week I go through that list and find something that sounds good this week that I feel like making this week because that kind of 
personality, I guess, that doesn't do well with uh, having a one month, two months, three months uh, planned out recipes that this is what I'm going to make three weeks from now. But sometimes it changes on a daily basis. But I just have a, like, let's say the, the database of the keywords that I'm working from, and it's pretty free from there. I just go to the kitchen and try different recipes. Like this one turned out, this one didn't. I need more time to work on this one. So maybe I wanted to make uh, this recipe this week, but it will get postponed for two okay. because it doesn't work yet. It's amazing how differently people schedule and plan their content, isn't it? Like some people can be like six months scheduled out and they know everything to the day they're going to make when and when it's going to be published. And some people are more free-flowing like you where you have an idea and you just kind of go with it from week to week and month to month because Mm -hmm. things change. I feel like when I plan out too far in advance, I'm like, oh, I might have thought this was a good idea back in September, but now I don't really want to do it. So mm-hmm. I think you just have to find that good flow that works for you and just stick with it. And, the, and it depends on your personality. I am currently also reading a book on that. And it's it's interesting that different people just work differently. Which book are you reading? Which one is it? It's called The Way They Learn. It's about how kids and parents learn the best. And it talks about four different styles of concrete oh. people or random people, abstract people, sequential people and combinations of those things. It's really interesting. Very interesting. I don't think I've read that one. I'll have to check it out. Thank you. Awesome. (laughs) Okay. So when you are like in the trenches of blogging and you're just feeling overwhelmed, like where do I go next? Do you, where do you recommend people go for resources or learning? Because I think like you could pick about a million different resources from each topic of like subcategory of food blogging. So where do we go for that? Well, that's very important which resources you go to because there are so many courses, SEO experts that will sometimes give you conflicting advice. And I love the Food Blogger Central Facebook group. It has a lot of people and experts, SEO experts who can guide you and direct you if you are if you don't know what next step you should take. But generally, I like listening to their top hat rank webinars. They are free on YouTube and they have really good information on food blogging specifically. Then Food Bloggers Pro is a podcast kind of like yours where food bloggers come and they share their stories, which is always inspiring and motivating to hear somebody else's story of success. For food photography, I really like the Bite Shot uh, YouTube channel. She has oh, yeah. really... That's a good one. Yes. Actually, I was intimidated to watch her videos because I wasn't using a professional camera. And so I thought I, ha- I can learn absolutely nothing from her. But one time I did. And I'm glad I did because she has great advice even for people who are using their phone. Or you can even set up artificial lighting for super cheap. That will work great. Yeah. Any video education or keyword research? Yeah. So there's this course called Cooking with Keywords that everybody recommends. I'm sure it's great. I haven't taken it yet, but I really want to one day. It's everything about keywords. It it is a bit expensive. That's why I haven't taken it yet. But I'm sure that if a person can get it, then it's very, it's beneficial because I heard many people say it, it helped them a lot. And for a keyword research, the tools from Food Blogger Central and Top Hat Rank uh, webinars, I learned that Key Search is actually the best way to go, even though it is kind of the cheapest way to go to. But they're using Google's database for 
information on, you know, volume and keyword difficulty and things like that. And so they will give you the most accurate information. Although there are other tools like SEMrush and uh, Ahrefs that will, you will benefit from as well. But when the, the information is conflicting, they're saying, they say that key search has better numbers. So I don't know. Yeah, that's what they say. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree with that. I think that some of those tools that are higher dollar are not necessary and they're not necessarily made for food blog or like bloggers in general. But key search is super cheap. I think if you get in on there, like there's a, what do you call it? Oh gosh. Like when you sign up for something and then they give you like a certain time frame, a free trial. Yeah. Free. It's like a, a limited time offer, basically. I know uh-huh. there's a word for that. But if you get in on that, it's like, I want to say like $11 a month for the for a year. Uh-huh. So if you do sign up, look for that like limited limited time offer that pops up. $11 a month is nothing for mm-hmm. the amazingness that you will find inside of Yeah, you can actually get one month for free, like a full ah. access of one month for free, and then you can get also 20% discount. If you sign up for a free trial month, which gives you only five credits a day, which is not much, it's not going to get you far. But once you sign up, they give you the option on the lower left corner there's like little in little font it's written how to get the cheaper stuff yeah (laughs) even cheaper they're cheap already like 13 dollars i think a month yeah that's amazing and do you find this too like when you find a tool or a platform or something that just speaks to you even if it's not a topic that you thought you would love like keyword research i never thought i would love keyword research but once i got into <laughs> like i use rank iq and then also key search mm-hmm. i just loved them i was like these are amazing tools and so that almost like instilled a passion in me that kept me motivated do you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah so it's not like something that i would have been able to predict like you're going to fall in love with this tool and it's going to it's give you motivation. I never would have said that, but yeah, I have the same with the food photography. I think it was okay. my least favorite thing to do, but after watching the bite shot, it became really exciting because I saw that wow, I can actually take good pictures. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Random things pop up that you just don't foresee, which is kind of cool. Okay, anything else about education or resources to keep us motivated? I can't remember off the top of my mind, but I did leave it in the application. I don't remember right now, but I think pretty much these, like the podcasts, the Facebook group, the uh, Food Blogger, Food Blogger Central has also a website, which has a lot of free information on food photography, SEO, and very practical, very practical steps that you can take. Oh, and the blogging millionaire is the Rank IQ uh, guy yes, who yes, yes. founded Rank IQ. He has Brandon, very yep. short episodes, so it's really easy to listen to him and good information. I love his episodes. They're right to the point. They tell you exactly what you need to do and what you need mm-hmm. to know. Oh, I so highly recommend that one too. Really bite-sized. Eblog Talk is here to support you at every stage of your food blogging journey to help you accelerate your blog's growth so you can achieve your freedom. We offer many services that will help get you on the right path no matter where you're at in your journey. Don't forget to check out our free discussion forum at forum.eblogtalk.com. Go there to connect with like-minded peers, to learn and to grow, and to share any wins that you have. Our signature service is our mastermind program. We are currently accepting waitlist submissions for 2024. So if you want to 
to get on the list for this year-long experience starting in January 2024, definitely do that now. If you are not quite ready for that investment, the Mini Minds program might be for you. It is a six-month program that will help you achieve your goals and overcome any obstacles that are holding you back. And if you're up for getting together in person with some like-minded food bloggers, consider coming to one of our in-person retreats in 2023. This is a great way to get to know your fellow food bloggers really well in an intimate setting to learn a ton about food blogging in a short time frame and to eat some delicious food that you will never forget. Go to eatblogtalk.com forward slash services to get all the information about all of our services. I have to mention the eblog talk forum because that is a great resource not only for mm-hmm. like what food blogger central provides but also community which I know we're going to get to mm-hmm. which is another key ingredient I think. So yeah, let's just talk about that now. What do you think about community and does that keep you motivated like staying in touch with other people and networking with peers and all of that? Yes, so much. When I was doing it by myself, it was hard because I also didn't know what I was doing. When I discovered the Food food Blogger Central group, I was able to learn so much from people because I saw what other people are struggling with. Somebody will post a problem that they are having currently and then you read the comments like, wow, if I will ever have this problem, I know what to do. Or, oh, I was having the same problem didn't know that there is a solution for that. Then also when you have a problem and you post it to the group, you feel the support of other people who are eager to answer, even though, you know, you don't know them, they don't know you, they don't get anything from helping you with your questions. And it motivates you to keep going because you feel like, I don't know, you feel like you matter in in some way in this blogging world. And especially when people give you feedback on your website, I think. Oh, yes, that's so true. And it gives you a boost of confidence, right? Which... I feel like confidence, so community can lead to confidence, which can lead to motivation. Because when you're just feeling good about what you're producing, I feel like that is a natural motivator. Yes, I remember in one of the in one of the Facebook groups, not in that one, but some other one, there was a thread where they uh, said that you can post a link to your site and then get feedback. And I was really scared to post mine. And then when I did, I prepared myself for discouragement. (laughs) But it was surprising how nice people were and kind. And it was very motivating, actually, and not as scary to share the next time. Oh, it is so scary putting yourself out there, especially as a newer blogger. You just don't know (laughs) quite what people are going to say or think, right? But then when you get that good feedback, it's like, oh, this amazing boost of just, just good feelings and confidence and all of that. So community is huge. If you don't have community, just reach out. I always say like, reach out to someone on Instagram. That's how I met a few of my best food blogging friends. You just start noticing people who are kind of producing beautiful content that you love and also who, you know, you can resonate with their vibe and their energy. Like, oh, I think I would really like to meet that person. Just reach out and yeah. say hi. Just like, I'm a fellow food blogger. I love your content. I Are you going to Tastemaker? Like, strike up a conversation and mm-hmm. that could go really far. Yeah, I, I wish I had a friend that was a food blogger. But I feel, for me, I feel that writing somebody on Instagram, for me, it feels a bit fake. I don't know. When someone oh, writes me, okay. I always kind of assume, I assume their motive that, oh, they're writing me because they want collaborate or do guest post or something. But it is good to be open-minded, like you're saying, yeah. because it will give you opportunity to actually build friendships 
and yeah. not be sus- very, how do you say, suspicious of everybody. <laughs> and that's why I guess I don't reach out to people as easily because I think they probably don't want to deal with me anyways. <laughs> oh, see, I think that's like one of the perks of having an Instagram account is just being able to hear from people in a more sincere way. Like I just, I don't know. I love the community aspect of Instagram or whatever your platform is. Like if you're comfortable doing that, in Facebook or mm-hmm. sending DMs there or I don't know, whatever. I think mm-hmm. that you just need to find that avenue that is sincere for you yeah. and just put yourself out there. It's scary, but yeah, it could pay off. It's true. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of scary and kind of like making fail, you know, like failing and making mistakes and doing things the wrong way, that's kind of a thing that all of us have to embrace because it is such a long journey that that is inevitable. So talk about that. Like, how do you recommend dealing with mistakes and failure and all of that? I think mistakes are a very important part of any job and especially blogging. For example, some people might, a lot of people start and they don't know what they're doing. And then they'll say, I've done everything wrong. I have to redo all of my posts. And they kind of regret not having certain sources in the beginning, but they might not have known that there are those sources. And I think that mistakes just show that you did something because all of us can learn and learn and learn and learn and learn and never do anything. But the fact that you stopped at some point, you took what you've learned about how to start a website and you posted your first post. Maybe it wasn't perfect. Of course, it wasn't perfect. It was your first post. Probably was far from perfect, but you learn when you do something yourself. I can listen to five podcasts on uh, how to write a blog post, but until I do it myself, Mm -hmm. I might not learn as well, you know, and I've made a whole ton of mistakes, but I think we shouldn't beat ourselves up for them, but take them as learning opportunities, like lessons that it's like a free school of life, a free school of blogging that, you know, you just get better when you make mistakes. There isn't a blogger, I think, that doesn't make mistakes. It is great if when you start, you know that there's, you know, Feast plugin, there is a cooking with keywords course, there is this Facebook group, but most people don't know that they just want to start a food blog. And most of them don't even start on the right platform and then find out how to do it well. And I don't think it's a mistake necessarily. It's like a learning curve lesson. Yeah. So see your mistakes as proof that you're actually moving moving in the right direction. (laughs) And I think action, too, can lead to that motivation that we're kind of talking about because you mentioned this a little earlier, like you can learn and learn and learn and not do anything. But when you start actually acting on the stuff that you're learning, that is inspiring for me. What do you think of that? Mm -hmm. Yes, I love learning in a way that I listen to one podcast or one episode of this webinar, webinars, the pattern webinars. I listen to one, then I stop. Even though I want to continue listening, I just stop and make an action plan. How am I going to apply what I've learned today? I know that I learned, let's say, about internal linking, like one of the episodes talking about this. And I can listen to it and think, wow, this is this is great information. I should do this at some point. But if I don't make plan that tonight or next week, I'm going to install this plugin that shows me links, like broken links or posts that don't have links. And actually interlink my post that probably it's not going to happen you know so i like when i learn i like to make action list and then go from there and then i make sure that i actually learn something rather than just get a lot of information and forget to act 
on it. Yeah. And then it is inspiring to learn more. Mm, exactly. Yes. I love that cycle. I feel like we all probably go through that, which leads me to kind of the opposing side of it, which is something, unfortunately, I can tell you I've been at, which is the burnout stage. Mm -hmm. So we do so much. We act so much that we burn out. Mm -hmm. So what are your thoughts about getting to that point? Yeah. So there are different losing motivation and feeling tired and discouraged is one thing and feeling and being burnt out is a different thing. So if you're just unmotivated, you need to go back and find the passion that you started with. You need to get inspired again and find something that you enjoy in blogging. But if you're burnt out, it doesn't matter how inspired you might be, you just can't move forward because you just don't have strength. You burn out, have different degrees, different levels and stages. But basically, burnout is when you don't have motivation for anything. You don't have motivation, not just for blogging, you don't have motivation for life. You just want to sit in your room and watch shows and eat chocolate. (laughs) And you want to recover. Yes. And that means that you need to take a break. Some people will not want to take a break even then because they feel that taking a break sets them back. But the truth is that if you don't take a break, then you will break and then you won't be able to continue. You will have to take a break. You will be forced to kind of burn out is kind of uh, that stage already where you're forced to take a break and you need to watch out for signs, you know, that you're absolutely discouraged. You um, don't have motivation to get out of bed in the morning. It, it, It all depends. Of course, burnout can be small, can be big. A big burnout is when you lose motivation for life and and a smaller one is when you have absolutely no interest or passion in what you're doing uh, when it comes to your job, let's say blogging. To prevent it, you need to take regular breaks and you need to uh, have a certain schedule and boundaries with your work. If you decide that you're going to work two, three hours every day on your blog for five days a week, then you should stay within those boundaries, even though you might want to overwork sometimes and work on the weekends and work five hours a day because you think that will help you grow. The truth is that if you are working a day job and all you have is two, three hours, you should get sleep. You should get weekends in order to keep yourself healthy and be able to actually handle the next two years instead of just the next month. So sometimes it is hard even for me to say that on a Saturday, I'm not going to do anything on the blog because I feel that oh, but if I just do this thing, it will help me. And <laughs> yes. But I learned that I need to sometimes just stop and, and take a break. And over Christmas, I actually took like a week or two, I think, when I didn't do anything nice. at all on the blog. And it was hard. <laughs> because It's hard. Yeah, but it, it really helped because I was kind of feeling unmotivated and just didn't want to test recipes, didn't want to do anything. And I just realized, okay, I need to take a break. And it's okay because it is... Uh, an investment in your future work. Burnout is a motivation killer. Literally, like you've been alluding to, Natasha, can kill motivation. So mm-hmm. keeping that in mind as you move through the year. And I think we have to be extra intentional about taking breaks because we do fall in love with our businesses so much and we love our jobs mm-hmm. so much that it's easy to just be like, oh, here's a weekend. I'm going to work this weekend. I'm going to work this evening. And then before we know it, those little signs can start creeping in. So we have to be really vigilant with this. I know so many food bloggers who have gotten to the burnout stage multiple times in their careers. And it's, yeah, it's a killer. It 
can completely kill your creativity, your inspiration, your motivation. Like it mm-hmm. is, it is not a good place to be. <laughs> yeah, and you don't want to be posting recipes that come from the place of a oh, burnout, where you no, have no passion about what you posted what you're talking about then people are not going to be excited about it either so it's like pointless waste of time yeah that's so true because you can tell when I go back and reread the things I wrote when I know I was in a bad place I can tell I can like feel the vibe coming from my screen right like you can just Mm -hmm. you know where it came from Yes. And when you're burned out or unmotivated, then you, you're you okay with worse pictures. You like you think, oh, it's okay. This will be fine. And, and then you go back to it and you think, oh, <laughs> I need to redo the whole thing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I would have been better off if I just took a nap at that right. day. Right. Yeah. That's another good point. Those times when we go against our intuition, when we know that we should just stop and like stop mm-hmm. writing, put everything down, go take a nap but we push through anyway. And then what we produce is actually really horrible. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's like, it's so hard for me though, to just stop myself in the moment and make myself take a break. But over time I'm learning. <laughs> and I think there is a balance of uh, being disciplined and responsible with taking breaks because sometimes you feel tired and unmotivated, but like with a day job, you need to finish you know, what you've planned. Sometimes it's okay to push yourself a little bit but yeah. you need to but it comes with experience you learn you in order to not burn out you need to experience what it's like and the next time you'll probably see signs earlier oh that's so true unfortunately you have to kind of get there to really really not want to go there yeah <laughs> uh, okay anything else we missed this is such a great discussion i love all of this is there anything we missed about just keeping that motivation up as we're continuing through our blogging journeys Yeah, I I think I would say more about planning. When it comes to planning, what helps me a lot is to think first in the next year, like in a big picture, what is your plan? What is your desire or dream for the next year? Let's say as a starting blog, you might want to grow your traffic. You don't know how how big your traffic will be. Will it be 10,000, 20,000, 5,000? But like the big dream is to grow your tra- traffic. So you set set the goal for the first year. Or if it is something else, you know, if you already got to the point where you're in Mediafine, you're already making money with your blog, then maybe you want to start working on a sponsored post. So you want to start doing food photography for others or whatever that might be. Just set a big dream and then work from there. For example, when you work from there, you go down to months. And I don't necessarily break down my goals into seasons yet, but I think what's important is to set goals for the week, for the next week, and kind of for the month, and for just kind of each month in general. So in a week for me, it looks like I just set a goal that I will work on my blog every day, like five days a week, and each one of those days, I'll spend at least two hours working in it. And if I, for example, couldn't do it today, I spent only one hour for whatever reason, I'll try to make up for it tomorrow. And another goal is to have two posts a week for me. So for example, if let's say I work on something else and I'm not able to do two posts this week because I was working on Pinterest or something else or learning something or preparing for podcasts like this one, then I try to make up for it the next week. And I think it's very important to set goals because then it helps you stay on track and you don't start each day thinking, 
what should I do today? What would be great to do today? Because it is it is terrible. A routine is what saves our sanity, I think. Mm. You need to know what you're doing because you, you do all the work up front by planning. Mm. Yeah. And so those are my main, let's say, goals. And then from there, I can also go to smaller goals. Let's say backlink building is important. Internal link building is important. Pinterest, Instagram, and all those things. And then you look at those little goals and think, okay, where can I fit that into my schedule next to those goals that I already have? You kind of fill, fill the jar with the most important things and then the smaller things kind of fall into place better. And that can look like, for me, it looks like, for example, I just sometimes go on uh, Facebook groups where they you know, request these roundup recipes and look through them and drop some links for those roundups. Sometimes during the day when I feel, let's say, tired, I just have a 10-minute mm. break, I, I will scroll through Facebook and look at those posts. And that helps you. That is already, that You might have dropped a link that will give you a backlink in the future. You know, those little uh, steps you can take during the day that you wouldn't think about unless you kind of thought of them ahead of time and planned them. Or on a day when you don't have a recipe ready to post, you can just take time to do Pinterest because you already decided, okay, I will make Pinterest my goal and I'll schedule like at least one pin like every day for the next week or something and have those little goals in place because if you don't plan them then you sit down in front of a computer and think what should I do today and then you don't don't get anything done basically oh I love that that's those are such great suggestions a little forethought and intention goes a long ways and it really doesn't require much time sitting down for I don't know 10 to 15 minutes 20 minutes tops at the beginning of a week is all it really takes to really think through those things you're talking about, Natasha, like the big the big things that need to get done and then just kind of filling in the gaps. Love that strategy. That's super smart. Thank you for sharing that. By the way, we love. I always love hearing about how people plan and schedule their weeks. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for all of this. What a great conversation. I hope that food bloggers listening just feel motivated and have some ideas about how to keep that motivation going after listening. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you for inviting me and letting me come on here. (laughs) Such a fun time. Do you have either a favorite quote or words of inspiration to leave us with today? Yes. The inspirational quote I have is, our greatest weakness lies in giving up. And the most certain way to succeed is always to try just one more time is by Thomas Edison. Oh, love that. That's so good. I don't think anyone's used that one yet. (laughs) What a great one to end on. Okay, we'll put some show notes together for you, Natasha. If anyone wants to go look at those, you can go to eatblogtalk.com forward slash Natasha's home. Tell everyone where they can find you, Natasha. My website is natashasom.com. I am on also on Instagram. All of the social platforms, they're linked on the website. You know how they're those icons. So I have Instagram, Facebook. Yep. I have YouTube. I'm not doing YouTube. I just upload videos there so that I can post them to my um, to my blog. So it's not really something that I constantly update, but I do have that and Pinterest. Yeah. So basically my blog is my, yeah. <laughs> all right. Everyone go check Natasha out. Thank you again so much for all of this today, Natasha. And thank you for listening today, food bloggers. I will see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Eat Blog Talk. Don't forget to head to forum.eatblogtalk.com to join our free discussion forum and connect with and learn from like-minded peers. I will see you next time.